Here on the ground, change happens fast. Problems feel frequent and urgent. It's loud and anxiety runs high. From a satellite view, the Earth looks the same as it did thousands of years ago. We've been here before. Let's learn from our past and shoot for a better future. Hello and welcome to another episode of A Satellite View. I'm Todd Mickelson, your host. Thanks for being here. What a week. I'm speaking at you, by the way, from Saturday, October 21st, 2023 in the space and time continuum. Craziness all over the world. The Republicans are not really talking about Joe Biden much. They're not talking about his cognitive problems because he's been basically not getting any sleep for two weeks, flying all around the world, giving major speeches in different parts of the world, gave uh, his second Oval Office speech the other night. It's being praised all over the world. His actions are being praised in Israel. He's also being careful, unlike a lot of past presidents, or at least uh, Republican presidents, about reminding us that the Palestinian people are people. They're not animals. They're people. The trucks finally got let into Gaza Strip. Uh, his administration put a lot of work into trying to get Gaza to open up and accept supplies, water, food, medical supplies, things that the Palestinian people need. They're being careful to separate Hamas, or as Trump would say, Hamas, from the Palestinian people. His Oval Office speech was praised even on Fox News. He's doing a great job. He's being a great president in a very difficult time. And it can be argued that the difficult time around the world has been exacerbated by Donald Trump's tenure. Uh, it does look like he sold or gave Israeli intelligence to Russia, who then gave it to Iran, and Iran helped Hamas. Hummus, very smart, but I don't like it. On the, I'd rather just have my chips with, I don't like hummus, but they're very smart. Another thing going on, let's go back in history, not real far, about 24 years or so, to 1998, 25 years maybe. Newt Gingrich, remember that guy? Let's go back a little further to 1994. Bill Clinton got elected in the 92 election, becomes president in January of 1993. I had a lot of criticisms for some of the moves he made. I thought he was going too far and, and he was sort of uh, rattling the hornet's nests of the conservatives. I thought he could have snuck some things in. They would have been more successful. For instance, one of the very first things he tried to do was get gays in the military. And then the Republicans reacted with, see, we told you, we told you what would happen if you got a Democrat in the White House. The Republicans didn't want to be fighting against gays in the military. But Clinton forced them to. If Clinton would have done some other things and then just kind of snuck gays in the military in somewhere, it probably would have passed back in 1993. And we would have had gays in the military 20 years earlier or so. It was finally Obama that 
uh, got gays in the military and changed the rules from uh, don't ask, don't tell, all of that BS that was going on. You know, of course, I agree with gays in the military, but I just thought politically Clinton was not uh, given the best of advice. He was a great politician. I just think he made some bad moves. I think the same thing happened with health care. You know, the Republicans wanted Obamacare. They invented it. But then a woman, Hillary Clinton, is championing it in the early 90s? No, we can't allow it. We can't allow that. We can't allow the Democrats to be talking about health care reform. So I think that it also hurt that. Also, a significant thing, passing the assault weapons ban, which I absolutely, completely agree with, and I have no criticism for Clinton and the Democrats passing that in 1994, I believe they passed that. But then, in the 1994 midterms, Newt Gingrich led the Republicans to take the House for the first time in four decades. His way of politics was something we hadn't really seen, at least in modern times. He vilified the Democrats, basically said they had no morals, had no family values, accused them of being like perverts and pedophiles. That sound familiar? Really started back then under Newt Gingrich. Now, Newt Gingrich went on to try and impeach, well, he did impeach Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton ultimately got impeached for committing perjury. The talk was that he was having an affair. I think you know that whole story, um, a certain incident in the Oval Office. Immoral. But at the same time, Newt Gingrich was having an affair himself. And his current wife was in the hospital trying to recover from cancer. He visited her in the hospital and had her sign divorce papers there so that he could marry his girlfriend that he had on the side. He was Speaker of the House, and Republicans were, tried to get him out. They, they were going to oust him. There was sort of like a coup in the party going on. It was discovered. It looked like there was going to be a vote on the floor to vacate the Speakership. Of course, that's what happened a couple of weeks ago here in modern times. But Newt Gingrich resigned before that vote could happen. So they needed to find a new speaker. They had a couple high profile guys that were going to run for it, but they could not get the votes. They had a very narrow uh, majority in the House. I think, it's, I think it was 223 to 211. And right now it's 222 to 212. So almost exactly the same as it is now, they needed to get, I think, 200 and, well, it was 217 votes. It's always 217 votes, whoever has to get that. And these known guys that were known publicly couldn't get there. So they had a closed door meeting where they, the Republicans got together and decided who they were going to put up. And what they decided to do was to pick somebody who didn't have this high profile of being combative, because they saw what happened in the midterms, the midterms in 1998. They got hit really hard and lost a big part of their majority in November of 1998. So by the time they, the new Congress comes in January of 1999, they have 223 and the Democrats have 211. They could see that United States voters were mad at the Republicans for impeaching Clinton and, and all this combativeness under Gingrich. 
I don't think it was even yet known that he was having an affair himself. I don't think that came out till later, but people were mad at Newt Gingrich. So the person that they put up for the vote is a guy by the name of Dennis Hastert, Denny Hastert. And he wins and he becomes speaker, actually the longest uh, reigning speaker, I think still to this day. Starting in January 1999, he left office on January 3rd, 2007, because in the 2006 midterms, Democrats just trounced on the Republicans and Nancy Pelosi became speaker. Now, I wonder if this sounds familiar. Denny Haster was a teacher and a wrestling coach. In May 2015, years after he was no longer speaker, Hastert was indicted on federal charges of structuring bank withdrawals to evade bank reporting requirements and making false statements to federal investigators. Federal prosecutors said that the funds withdrawn by Hastert were used as hush money to conceal his past sexual misconduct. Federal prosecutors alleged that Hastert had molested at least four boys as young as 14 years of age during his time as a high school wrestling coach. He was sentenced to 15 months in prison. He went to prison, actually in Rochester, Minnesota, for sexual abuse to minors while he was a wrestling coach. Fast forward to another guy who was an assistant wrestling coach at a college in Ohio where a couple hundred men have come out over the years talking about being sexually abused while they were on the wrestling team. For many years, the doctor that treated the wrestlers was sexually abusing the young boys. At least seven or eight of them claim to have talked to Jim Jordan about it. Jim Jordan denies it. There's testimony on the legislative floor in Ohio, under oath, of one guy talking about Jim Jordan calling him, crying, telling him, please don't say these things about me. Please don't tell them the truth that I covered this up. Please don't tell them the truth that you know that I covered up the sexual molestation of young men, and even in some cases, young boys, by the doctor. When I was supposed to be keeping these guys safe because I was their coach, their wrestling coach, I turned a blind eye. Well, we're talking about it again, Gymnasium Jordan. And we're talking about the fact that you were part of the plot for the January 6th insurrection. We're talking about all that this week, Jim Jordan. Because you decided you wanted to be Speaker of the House. You lost three votes on the floor. And each time, you got less votes than the time before. You kept losing more Republicans. More Republicans kept voting against you, partially because you used some of the same tactics that you used to get the January 6th Stop the Steal rally going by having thugs threaten people. In this case wives of legislators who were voting against you. Death threats. Some of them are just vile. One guy leaving a message for the wife of a Republican House member saying, you're just going to get effing molested. Saying, you have to get your husband to vote for Jim Jordan or something bad's going to happen to you. 
So the Republicans now taking a taste of their own medicine, their fear-mongering, and death threats. Now they're the victims of it. They built it. They made sure that it was going to happen more and more, but they were only doing it against Democrats, liberals, woke people. Now they're tasting their own medicine. They're getting the death threats from their own party. This is where the Republican Party is now. Thank you, Newt Gingrich, for starting it. In the 80s, Republicans and Democrats worked together, and at the very least, they didn't accuse each other of being pedophiles. That's another thing is the, when the Republicans are accusing the liberals of being pedophiles, which they do all the time, I, I, I don't know why they think that's a thing, but it's projection. It's uh, practically, I would say, a, maybe a monthly thing that we find out that some Republican elected official of some sort just got indicted for having child porn on their computers or in some cases actually, you know, having sex with children, blah, blah, blah. Pedophilia. That's why they accuse the liberals of pedophilia is because they're projecting. Whatever they accuse others of, they are doing. So yeah, we're talking about it again, Gymnasium Jordan. And there are still trials coming that he may very well be a part of. At the very least, have to testify and be a witness. That is in his future. Hopefully we won't have to hear, it's going to be speaker, it's going to be speaker, it's going to be speaker. If you vote for me, maybe the threats will stop. Maybe maybe you won't get the death threats anymore. Maybe your wife will be safe. Oh, if you vote for me, if you, if you start voting for me, think about it. I mean, it's the only way to make your wife safe. Maybe we can stop hearing him talk into a microphone now that he's had a week of such abysmal failure. And who's next? Who are the Republicans going to put in the speakership next? Failure after failure after failure. One of them thrown in jail for pedophilia. Well, that's our little history dive. We've got some really fun stuff coming up after the break. <laughs> it's a kind of becoming a comedy show at this point. We will talk about some of the other things going on when we come back. ToddMickelson.com, click on the music link, and you can find these songs and much more music that I uh, have recorded over the years. Again, wow, what a week. Donald Trump absolutely collapsing upon himself. He decided to go to court again in New York. But I think he's getting pissed because people aren't really caring anymore. <laughs> he's, people aren't watching him anymore. He keeps just repeating himself, sometimes even in the same statement. But he comes out during breaks and things, comes out of the court, the courtroom and, 
and just says this this, sh- this trial shouldn't even be going on. It's just a crazy thing. It's the worst thing for our for our country. And then he says they want to keep me here, so I can't go to places like Iowa and New Hampshire and North Carolina. Real nice places, beautiful places. I they can't go there. They they're keeping me here for a sham. And then he starts walking away, and a reporter says, are you going to be back tomorrow? And he stops and turns around and says, probably not. There's a, there's a professional golf tournament at Darrell, and I'll probably be going to that instead. Okay, so, so what you just said is meaningless. He also keeps repeating. Uh, it's, a, it's a lie that the judge, that I think he says, Letitia, Letitia. He also calls her peekaboo, which is just vile, racist. Peekaboo Letitia told the judge that Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million. It's probably the most expensive house in, in well, really in the world at this point. It's, many people say, many people say it's the most expensive house in the world. Probably worth a hundred times more than that. Probably a billion and a billion five, billion seven. Probably, probably for sure more than a billion dollars. Well, that's basically what you're being accused of. (laughs) That's what this trial's all about. By the way, if if you're saying Mar-a-Lago's worth a billion and a half or more, have you been paying taxes accordingly to that valuation? No, because actually what happened was it was assessed in Florida by the property assessors and I think they put it at like 26 or 27 million. And Eric and Donald Trump, you know, the Trump organization, tried to get that to be lower so that they would pay lower taxes. And they, they're the ones who got the assessors to lower it to 18 million so that they could pay taxes on the 18 million. But then when they go to a bank to say, you should give me a loan for a zillion, a, a quadrillion zillion dollars because I got... I have the most, many people say, the most expensive house in the world. And it's worth at least a billion, at least a billion, a billion five. (laughs) That's the accordion that he does with his hands. (laughs) A billion five. So the bank goes, oh, wow. Okay. Well, yeah, we'll give you a, we'll give you a few billion dollars so that the mom and pop businesses or the regular people who need a loan, when they come in, all our money will be gone because we will have lent it to you under false premise. That's called fraud. And that's what you're on trial for, dummy. (laughs) Uh, And hummus would have never happened. If I was there, hummus would have never happened. We wouldn't have to, we we could have regular chips, regular, just our chips would not have hummus on it. And another thing he's saying now is, I'm willing to go to jail to his followers at his rally. I I think he's insinuating, I'm willing to go to jail for you so that you don't have to. But I really think he's starting to see that that is probably going to have to be his last act in this whole feces show that he's been putting on now for eight or nine years, but also the last act on planet Earth. (laughs) And he wants it to look like it's a good thing. Like, I planned it. It's going exactly as planned. I always was going to go to jail. I always wanted to go to jail. I finally get to go so that you don't have to, and I get to go to jail. It's going to be the best 
going to jail. Some people say that ever seen, that never seen before. It's pretty crazy. And some of the reasons are other things that happened this week. Sidney Powell has pleaded guilty and is going to cooperate in the case in Georgia, the RICO case. And that's how RICO cases work. Fawny Willis has done successful RICO cases before. They're very complicated, but she knows how to do them. She got some guy none of us know to flip a couple weeks ago, and that led to then Sidney Powell going, okay, I really decided I don't want to go to prison. I am seeing that I'm having no benefits by being loyal to Trump, and I really don't want to go to prison. She pleads guilty and gets a really good deal, which is evidence that she's got extremely valuable information. That probably goes all the way up to the top, to the very top. That's why I said I'm going to go to jail. I can't wait to get in jail. They don't have hummus in jail. And then Sidney Powell leads to, you've heard of like when you're grilling and you're making a cheeseburger, you got to flip the cheeseburger. The flipping of the cheeseburger happened. Of course, I'm talking about, I think it's actually pronounced Chesbro. But I like to, I like to say cheeseburger. The cheeseburger's flipped. It flipped. Shouldn't have flipped. Cheeseburgers shouldn't be flipped. They shouldn't flip. But he did. And he also got a really good deal. These people were going to go to prison for a long time, and now neither of them has to go to prison. Neither of them has to go to jail, but they have to completely cooperate. I think it's $1,000 for each charge and a year for each charge on probation. They can have their records wiped after that so that they can still be a lawyer even. And they won't have criminal records. Really good deals, which means their information is extremely valuable to make the rest of the RICO case successful. And of course, that goes up to Rudy Giuliani, Mark Meadows, and Trump. The one in New York, by the way, is a civil case. There's no jail time. It's not a criminal case. But it's looking more and more like it's going to cost the Trump organization hundreds of millions of dollars. And they're not going to be allowed to do business in the state of New York at the very least. So pretty much wiping out the family biz. Also in that New York case, an interesting thing going on where Ivanka Trump has to testify as a witness. <laughs> Is Trump going to be sitting in the audience? Trump also got scolded by the judge for talking loudly to his lawyer while a witness was talking. I mean, he's just a child. He's a seven-year-old bratty little boy with flock of seagulls hair is all he is right now. It's just yelling. Un I mean, he just makes a fool of himself when he comes out of the courtroom and talks to the cameras when there's less and less cameras, by the way. So Ivanka, she tried to file a motion saying, I live in Florida. I live in Florida now. That, that's kind of how she... I live in Florida now. I don't know. I can't do an Ivanka impression. But you can't, you don't say, oh, well, I live in a different state, so I'm not going to testify. No, you have to testify. <laughs> There's, okay, I'm going to read from uh, the Palmer Report. I thought this was a pretty good piece explaining this. There's this pervasive notion, completely false but often repeated anyway, that people can get out of grand jury subpoenas or trial subpoenas. 
It's probably because people can drag out congressional subpoenas forever, but that's a whole different beast. By the way, you and I probably would not be successful in dragging out congressional subpoenas. But there's also the pervasive notion, again, totally false, that a witness can decide whether to testify in a trial and can simply plead the fifth instead. This probably comes from the fact that defendants and suspects don't have to testify against themselves. But if you're just a witness and not an actual defendant or suspect, if you're just a witness, you always have to testify. It's automatic. There's never any getting out of it. So when the New York courts ruled months ago that Ivanka Trump was exempt from being a defendant in the New York civil fraud case due to the statute of limitations, it was only partially good news for her. Yes, she was off the hook for damages in the case. But it also meant that, as a witness with no remaining liability of her own, she was automatically required to testify against the rest of her family. <laughs> There's no dragging out the subpoena. There's no pleading the fifth. She's simply going to have to testify at the trial. And now that time is upon us. Ivanka knows it. She's making last-minute filings in court to try and get herself rem removed as a witness, citing silly reasons. To be clear, this kind of thing never works when it comes to trials, nor does it ever even delay things. Within days, Ivanka Trump will be on the stand testifying against her family. She can play the I don't recall card a few times, but giving this answer an unreasonable number of times just gets you busted for contempt. And if you lie on the stand, you go down for perjury. Ivanka will have to give at least some incriminating answers about the family business. There's no other realistic outcome here. She deserves punishment as well. And it sounds like she's going to get punished in this way. And if she commits perjury, well, then she's a criminal too. And we'll get in trouble for that. That's what's going on in New York. What's going on in Georgia is, you know, I'm guilty. You're guilty. We're all guilty. Three people have pled guilty and more to come. Not necessarily really soon because it usually happens closer to trial date or practically right on trial date, which happened in this case. But I don't know. We make predictions. I don't know enough about all the people, but you know, the lowest uh, hanging fruit, the, the people who are who just kind of got pulled into it and became a fake elector. Those people, they're not rich. They're having to pay lawyers. That's expensive. I definitely see them pleading guilty and trying to get some kind of deal and trying to just get out of this as quickly as possible. You know, if you wait too long, you're not your, your plea deal is not going to even be accepted. You're not going to get offered a plea deal. So I could see some of these people kind of, you know, if I was the lawyer of some of these people, I would say, okay, you know what? We're going to plead guilty on Monday and get you the best deal we can because you're guilty <laughs> and, and uh, you're going to go to jail unless you make a plea deal. And if you wait too long, you're still going to go to jail. You're not going to get a good enough deal. So that's what's going on in uh, Georgia. In Michigan, Attorney General Dana Nessel's office has dismissed the charges against one of that state's 16 fake Trump electors 
James Renner, after he agreed to cooperate fully with the Attorney General's investigation. <laughs> yeah, it's going on in some individual states as well. Michigan, I think uh, New Mexico, uh, I think possibly Arizona. Um, I knew I knew a couple of weeks ago I've had it on the show. You're going to have to go listen to all of the past podcasts to find out some of these details. More things in the news. Former Vice President Mike Pence ended September with just $1.18 million left in his campaign account, a strikingly low number for a presidential contest and far less than his rivals. Mike Pence, yeah, I, I don't know. He was never going to be president. He's living in the 80s as far as how he does politics, and he just makes a fool out of himself whenever he speaks into a microphone. Matt Gates is under investigation by the House Ethics Committee. And there's talk about expelling Matt Gates if he is found to have violated House ethics. So the next thing that happened, Matt Gates makes sure the House has no speaker, no committees like the Ethics Committee. So the Ethics Committee cannot meet. You think that was a coincidence? Hmm. Interesting. Oh, here's another, another thing about Jim Jordan. In one of the deals he made to try and get people to vote for him, other than you know, I won't kill your wife. That was one of the things that he put up as a, you know, if you vote for me, I won't have somebody kill your wife. That was one of his offers. Another offer was speaker candidate Jim Jordan told moderate New York holdouts that he would support doubling the state and local tax deduction cap on lobbyists. David Jolly, a past Republican legislator, he tweeted, Joe Biden was simply remarkable in his Tel Aviv remarks, a captivating moment for many, a high point of his presidency. We're living in historic times. Of course, all times are historic, I guess, but the stories that are going to be told as history about our current times, including this week, is going to be a big deal. We're living in, we're living through this and we're starting to see the light. It's kind of like we all had to die by having Trump become president and all these horrible things happen. Roe v. Wade getting overturned. We're having to fight, fight, fight. That's the dying part. Now we're starting to see that the light go to the light, go to the light. It's the promised land. We've run out of time. I know I keep saying that I'm going to talk about the Cassidy Hutchinson book because there's fascinating things in that. I said I was going to do it this time, and I didn't again. I hate it when people do that. So I'm not going to promise it for next time. But we do got to talk about something called Lectern Gate. <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. And it's exploding this week as well. So tune in next week for Lectern Gate. And hopefully. I'm, you know what? I'm going to put the Cassidy Hutchinson book, which I completely finished really quickly because it was so captivating. I'm going to put it on the table here where I'm recording so that I don't forget about it. There's, uh, again, it just feels like there's so much to talk about, but we keep running out of time. So next week, hopefully ha Cassidy Hutchinson, but no promises. But oh, we got to talk about Lectern Gate. I'll give you one teaser. It involves somebody by the name of Sarah 
Huckleberry Sandbag. So tune in next week on a satellite view. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. been listening to A Satellite View with Todd Mickelson. Go to toddmickelson.com for links and more information.